Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ash Millman. Hello! And Rachel Shackleton. Hello. I sort of hesitated for a bit because I thought you were going to leap in. We did lots of <laughs> fake mock ones before we started the actual recording. You never know. Um, but yes, I've got all you guys um, here today because I thought we would do a sort of general conversation on the generation as it was and mm-hmm. the generation we're going to be going into. And um, we don't have specific dates for the PS5 or the next box or whatever the hell they're going to call next it. Next box. Um, oh I wrote down next box with a big capital X. I thought it looked all right, but I'm also getting ill, so I don't know. But um, I wrote that down. I know, not yet. <laughs> Oh, not fully ill um, but so yeah we don't know the specifics of when they're coming next year but the new systems will start to drop next year and um, there'll be all sorts of um, best games best levels best whatever of the generation of the decade and everything else so I just thought we'd have a nice conversation about the generation to come um, as a broad opening question um, what do you guys kind of want from the next generation of consoles we'll break all this stuff down but when someone says the next generation of systems what kind of comes to mind um, I feel like what I expect is just like a load of graphical overhauls and like loads mm. of like everything just being made better than it is but mm-hmm. I would like something a bit more innovative, something new, mm-hmm. something exciting, maybe. But I actually don't know. I don't. I don't have any idea what that could be <laughs> or what I want. I just. Uh-huh. I, know, I know what I'm expecting is loads of upgraded components. Um, I know what I want is something that's a little more exciting than mm. that. But I feel like everything is just the next like PS4 Pro or Xbox. Yeah, like I don't know if you guys X. have the same feel where it's like the graphics have gotten better and better and better like so much. And I remember the jump between the PS1 to the PS2 and be like, oh my god, like something mm. like Tekken Tag Tournament or whatever just looked amazing. And the leap between the PS3 to the PS4 wasn't like as much. Yeah. Like, and at this point I'm like how much more realistic mm. can you get other than skin textures or something but I don't know if it's the same way with you guys I think for me it's less about graphical uh, improvements because like you're saying like there's only so much we can go up from 1080p and still sort of keep it affordable mm. for people um, for me I'd like to see improvements to um, performance mm. uh, frame rate yeah. for games just seems all over the place lately I oh. just want I don't care if it's 720p I just want it to not start yeah. um, <laughs> also one big improvement I think I hope we will get with the new generation of consoles is um, size of games mm. and the amount of time it takes to sort of install them mm-hmm. because I mean look at Heckin Red Dead for example that was like 100 90. gigabytes <laughs> yeah. so hopefully something they do do going forward do is do. work out a w- do do oh. Ash Millman Every time. ladies and gentlemen um, <laughs> is look at a way of optimizing that for the new console that means that it doesn't need to take up so much bloody room yeah they really <laughs> seem to miss that the first yeah. time like they sort of get the, get the uh, assumption as to how much space we were going to need like completely wrong I think the average uh, file oh. size for a game is like 30 to 40 gig yeah. um, and most other systems like the the base version is just way too small 500 gigabytes and then yeah. a, a 
chunk of that is with the like sort of system. the OS always yeah. takes it up yeah I mean with the Switch as well like that thing's internal memory was like 28 gig and it's like even so yeah. like Breath of the Wild if you just downloaded it you had to buy an extra SD card mm. to even make it fit um, so I guess mm. in terms of like because um, like that's another sort of thing is like do we think that there's a need for new hardware I guess in terms of like storage space I would totally say yes um, and some of the rumors they've talked about um, well the PS5 apparently has an SSD drive yes. which I don't know my PC that'll stuff. really really help with um, with speed of sort of load up times right. and that sort of I think stuff me right and shop... to the drive as well okay we're both like console peasants what's an SSD drive oh, so it's a solid state it's yeah, a solid yeah. state drive as opposed to a normal hard disk drive so mm. what it is is it's it's just a lot faster basically like I said reading and writing to the drive will be mm. a lot faster so mm. um, starting up a game saving a game you know, mm -hmm. loading a save file, that's all going to be a lot faster mm -hmm. on Good. an SSD. Because the thing that they, um, Phil Spencer talks about this for the next Xbox and said that one thing that he noticed this generation was like frame rates and performance and the idea that the systems would have like, you know, like pause and, and resume yeah. functions, but you're still waiting for stuff oh. to boot up. So like, if they can make it as instant as like <laughs> if, the Switch, yeah. <laughs> then that could be like a really good way to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of like, I guess like, yeah, if it was like an opening thing, open question as to, you know, do we feel like we need new hardware? Like... Yeah, Ooh, I feel like I feel like it's time for a new system, but mm. like again, I, I I don't know how much better we can get like with, mm -hmm. the, with all the component stuff. I've, to be fair, size was something I hadn't even thought about. You mentioning that, it's like oh my god, yes, we do yeah, need something yeah. that can handle size better, can install it faster. Because mm -hmm. when you're taking like three days to down like downstall to download Stop and install your games, something, mate. it's like every blue moon when I decide to boot up my Xbox, mm. I can't play anything. Yeah, right. like, chances well. are it's got an update or it's got this or that or I've I've uninstalled it because it's only five hundred gigabytes. Like, <laughs> well, it's a terrible. Might actually, mm -hmm. whatever. You get the idea. You got there over time, though. Like, I mean, that's the thing. I ended up getting a PS4 Pro because I, I bought into Josh Brown's hype and yeah. I bought a 4K TV and a PS4 Pro. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie, it's not, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. But the, um, one of the things on the Pro side was that you at least get double the space. Mm -hmm. So at least you could sort of install everything. Because I was doing that thing where I was deleting something, installing something, deleting something. And it was just going round and round. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of like stuff that, like for me, it feels like the next generation is going to be one of like refinement. Mm -hmm. Like you would get like the bigger um, storage space uh, sizes and everything. Um, and like definitely different boot up things like things ways that you can play games faster I think the Switch sort of demonstrated that really I well I think uh, a generation of refinement is exactly the precisely mm. what I'm trying to get at here I think mm -hmm. you've like summed that up really nicely it's like it's not necessarily we need something new we need new technology there's something like really innovative and crazy that's going to mm -hmm. come around the corner and blow our minds which would be really nice but it's not going to happen mm -hmm. it's just more more of the same getting better and more improved bit more room bit more speed bit more that bit more the other <laughs> and that, that's I feel like it's going to be the point where we don't need consoles anymore like we just need one thing like but well, mm. that's where the industry's headed could this be our last one yeah. Yeah, totally. Potentially. Yeah. Um, as like a side thing as well, in terms of like um, pause and resume stuff, do you guys tend to do the pause and resume stuff on your Xbox or your PS4? I used to be scared of it because I thought it was like a big electricity risk. What do you, uh, you mean like rest mode on a PS4? Yeah, like because they, they patched them in. Like the PS4 was meant to have it at launch. They got it later on. The Xbox has it where you can put them in the, um, it's in like, you take it out of its energy saving mm. mode and then when you turn it off, it'll boot back up immediately. Like oh, how the, the Switch Xbox does. Oh, the Xbox has that. It's got like a yeah. fast boot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like I do you guys tend to use that stuff? Don't. The only time I'll ever use rest mode is when I'm downloading a game because mm. games download faster in rest mode mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but it's a it uses a huge amount of electricity in a world <laughs> where I need money to buy more video games mm -hmm. I don't want to be paying that electricity so. I was always thinking it was just going to burn everything to the ground that yeah, was no. always my thing. I, I grew up on the whole the standby button uses electricity turn everything off at the yep. plugs like everything is always like totally. fully off like not <laughs> the TV not anything all red lights off, off. Mm -hmm, don't mm -hmm. like it it like freaks me out thinking of anything anything being left on but mm -hmm. also 
yeah, you don't need it that instantaneously. Like. See, sometimes I've like actually like accidentally realised that I've put it in the other mode, like with the Xbox mm. thing, I've changed it, or with the PS4, I've changed it, and then I've only gone down, I've gone back the next day, and then you do realise like it is good just getting your mm. game like back straight away. Mm. So like if they can kind of pull that off, I don't know. It's, I'm, it's just something to be like an open question for the comments or people that can get in touch on uh, social media and stuff because I don't know if the vast majority of people do this. I've just had a thought there. Go I, on. I think I've maybe switched switched my Nintendo Switch off. Literally a handful of times. Like, like if we're talking literally, I think I've literally turned I it off once. Always, like, always put it on standby. Yeah, same. I just like, realized that right there. I was I mean, like, oh crap. The way that they like built that though was like they use the Tegra processors, the mobile. Like it's like a mobile phone, and it's like when do you like really turn your phone off unless yeah. it's like an update? Oh, never. And so yeah, so it's like kind oh. of the same mentality, but at the same time that battery's gonna burn out, and I think Bad. that's something that they need to kind of go with going forward. What well, do I feel like it's different because your phone is like connected all the time to everything around you. Like we wouldn't be able to exist in modern mm. society without phones in the capacity that we have them now. Mm-hmm. Whereas games, it's like that's your like in and out like of a different world. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't need to go. Whoa, okay, like I'm, I'm back in. Like, See, hook oh, me up. You haven't got, did you? I've got a switch. Yet, it have works you? for no. the switch. I, really that's what's amusing. Yeah, that's on fair. It. That's fair. But I feel like portables. Not different. for console yeah. though. Absolutely. That's another thing. Yeah, and plus, like being home console, obviously it's plugged into the mains. You don't need to worry about batteries, and there is kind of that thing. But the idea of like an instant access console, I like, I like the idea of that. But yeah, there is like the we don't need it on a TV, do yeah. we? I like the idea, but I think it depends how it's done in terms like the power side of it and making me not worry for a burned out house yeah depends how it's done um, so I was going to run down some innovations from this generation um, and just sort of like see what we sort of think about them and whether they should be carried forward maybe they've already been and gone um, mm-hmm. or whether they can have some improvements in the future um, the first one is motion controls because I feel like after <laughs> after the uh, the Wii blew up we saw like the Kinect come in and Microsoft tried that with the Xbox mm-hmm. this generation massive catastrophic failure and um, they stripped the Kinect back out of it and we've kind of had this weird Xbox dashboard um, until very recently where they've actually overhauled it again um, and then obviously with the PlayStation side, they had the PlayStation Move, which went away, um, but they kept the Move controllers for VR. Now, I'll get to VR in a bit, but what do you guys think of motion controls? Was it ever good? Oh, no. No, it's never been good. <laughs> no, I know I'm talking to, like, Nintendo, like, fangirl number one here as well. It's the thing, <laughs> like... It. Motion I controls representative. Yeah, I, I hate them. If I want to play a game, I want to sit there, I want to be, like, in my sofa, like, melded to it with my snacks and drink that I can get to at any point, and just sitting very still, pressing buttons. Like, I'm all thumbs. Like, I'm all thumbs when right. it comes to games. Like, I don't like moving. I think it's a neat idea, mm-hmm. but it's a gimmick and a novelty. It's yes. not like conducive to proper like actual gaming because you just get tired as well. Like. <laughs> you can't. I mean, I remember asking one of my friends who bought a Wii back in the day, and I was like, "Is there a way to play these games without having to get up and run around the room?" And he was like, "Mate, there's a fine art to it." Yeah. And it was like that thing of like realizing that you could play. <laughs> Sitting on your couch, going. <laughs> yeah, literally. Because like once you kind of realize like what um, parts of that gyroscope it's tracking, you can sort of do a lot of the stuff mm. sitting down. Yeah. But um, for the most part, yeah, I would play stuff. Rules the po- just take know, the know, straight out of it though, doesn't it? That make the whole if the whole point is you're sitting there going how can I make this easier Mm -hmm. because I don't want to run around the room just get buttons. a controller. Just True. get a controller. I want to know what kind of games you've been playing that require you to run around the room. Just dance. Yeah. <laughs> just we fit over and over again. Say, yeah, like, not, what is this game? Not like all of them are like are like crazy over the top. Yeah, it's like no, sometimes can. you have to wag stuff. But... Motion controls have really come a long way since mm-hmm. the Kinect. Obviously, the, well, the Kinect sort of morphed into being what we now know as like the the Vive, mm-hmm. for example. Um, but um, as far as like the Wiimote now evolving into the Joy-Con, the Joy-Con are like massively sophisticated mm-hmm. as far as motion controls mm-hmm. go, and they don't work for every game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, the likes of them working, for example, like a bow in Skyrim or in, I think you can use that for Breath of the Wild, can't you? Uh, yeah, I think so, um, yeah. You can turn it off and on, which is a big plus as mm -hmm. well. It's always like an option. Mm. Splatoon 2 is the the peak, uh, <laughs> although not the Ash Millman version of peak because apparently that means the worst. Peak can no. also be a trough. No, no, man. A peak, if something is peak, it's bad. If something okay. is the peak. The peak, right. Okay, Splatoon right. good. This is, is hard. The peak of motion controls being not only like super duper fun, but also like making the game a lot better, like, mm. a lot easier. Because that's the thing with uh, Nintendo, like the Switch is one of the only systems these days that still has, or like, you know, the last couple of years that still maintains uh, motion controls. And some games like have been patched in, something like World of Goo, you can point like a cursor, like Wii style. Goo. World of Goo is really <laughs> like good. And um, World of Good. And so like, yeah, hardly any sort of games still do that. Um, Nintendo's about to release the, um, the, re the ring oh, fitness no. thing, which I can't wait for oh. uh, with this big... I'm I'm interested in that. Like it looks so, so good. Someone who hates motion control. That's what, I'm like, what the hell is this? You like, see it, you know. Yeah, I'm like, well, I want to try it. Like, I just think I like the idea of doing a fantasy. Like, I like that they're advertising it as exercise with a fantasy game. Involved. Yes, that was the thing that kind of got me. I like the yeah. idea of because um, it's turn-based combat. I can't think what exactly the name of this thing. I think it's called the Ring Fit Ring trainer. Fit Adventure. Ring Fit Adventure. Um, and it's, it's <laughs> kind of like, like a turn-based um, action adventure type thing. Um, but you're fighting a giant bodybuilding demon, um, mm. and you do turn-based combat at one point where you have to like yeah. do like crunches to power up your fireballs i'm game for all that stuff um but i think overall nintendo are one of the only companies like in the current climate that are still bothering with motion integration at oh, all yeah. Um, yeah. they also do it better than anybody else though so what do you think going forward i just i think i think it's i think it's a novelty and a gimmick that will die mm. out and i think if you're not doing it in vr or with like some sort of visual world that ties into that it's pointless and i don't mm. like it ring mm. fit is funny ring fit's funny that's why that's, that's why i want great. to look at that because it's a bodybuilding demon and it's advertised exercise so i feel like that's a bit different <laughs> Um, but I feel like motion controls in games, good for party games, maybe. I think that sort of thing where you're mm. goofing around with your friends. Like, remember iToy on the PlayStation? I used to love iToy. iToy. Hell yeah, exactly. you did. iToy was good because it was a gimmicky party game sort of thing that you can when crack I'm out. cleaning windows. I, I was literally about to say, I remember <laughs> a game where you cleaned windows. Yeah. It was an amazing time. Um, but yeah, Rachel, what do you think in terms of I, um, motion controls? I agree with Ash, mm. actually. Motion controls have a time and a place, absolutely. Mm. It just so happens that I have found that time and place, and yeah. it is Splatoon, <laughs> and it is games where you do get to like aim your bow and your hook shot and stuff and oh my god uh -huh. it's weird though because like, the, the thing with um, in Splatoon's case like it maps the motion controls to the even the pro controller and you're aiming by like moving it in full 360 space which means mm. you can aim more precisely than with sticks oh, yeah I've which seen it, like, 100% mm. yeah it maybe like feels weird Splatoon 2 is better with motion controls yeah Splatoon 2 it kind of became like the test case for like if, you, if you're a doubter or whatever mm. play Splatoon 2 that way and you'll get what it offers mm. in a way that analog sticks don't um, but like I said with only Nintendo kind of doing it it would be on Sony or Microsoft mm. to do some sort of maybe motion controls integration thing to prove that it could work more yeah. um, next thing down is VR which we sort of touched on a little bit with the motion control mm -hmm. stuff um, but have you guys either of you guys tried VR yeah. I have a VR I have two VRs good um, what, how, you, how did you find VR because I initially was really sceptical I thought it was quite gimmicky and then I ended up getting a PSVR and I played more stuff yeah. you're doing a banter face no just because again my whole experience <laughs> of VR and uh, motion control was party games like mm. that's how I played them VR's really fun when you're in a group of people you'll pass your helmet around like you play right. that game where you don't know who has the bomb and this that and the other keep talking and nobody explodes yeah yeah exactly <laughs> It's that, it's that sort of thing like where you're just having fun with it and I think that that's really good I think I think VR could be the future of our gaming mm. if we learn how to utilise it properly because mm -hmm. at the moment it just makes me feel a bit sick it gives me a migraine if I play it yeah, too long yeah you so, get used to it yeah so I can't play it like 
uh, on my own. But mm-hmm. I think I think again as a party game, great gimmick, great novelty. But that one has a bit more potential to grow because it's so immersive. Like it's it's like stepping into a world mm-hmm. like with fantasy and uh, sci-fi and all that sort of thing, where it's all about the integration of you into this new world. Mm-hmm. I think that VR has a very unique viewpoint of that. And if they can tap into actually selling that properly mm-hmm. and having it as um, an enjoyable like experience that doesn't give you a migraine, then that would be yeah. good. Did uh, is it because you got PSVR rich and then what was your other one? Was it Oculus? I have an Oculus. Yeah. How have you found them? Um, I is it the uh, revolution? Use all time. <laughs> <laughs> I have used them once. Yeah. Did you have a nice time? I though? had a lovely time. I played through um, uh, Resi Seven is one of my favorite horror games of all time. Mm-hmm. I've never played it in VR, so mm-hmm. I literally got the PSVR to play Resi Seven in VR. Hey, I, I got um, it to play No Man's Sky. So. And you aim the gun with your flipping face, and it's flipping awesome. Um, but the thing is, it, I don't have a lot of free time, and it takes a lot of energy a lot of like mental state mm. to, to say i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna play with my vr today mm. and it just hasn't happened for me since i think the setup's a weird one like because mm. you do have to i mean this is like a million cables and yes stuff. Yeah. which like i like that the oculus quest is the first like just completely wireless uh, that was VR. what i was gonna say i yeah. think the future of vr if it ever wants to be successful they need to get wireless out to the mainstream yes. like at an affordable price mm-hmm. like, i think the ps5 will uh, launch with like a, well maybe not launch but will almost be in tandem with the psvr too mm. i think it'll be a wireless yes. thing you just put on I think there's something to be said maybe not for VR but that sort of technology being implemented with like AR and with um, AR's what I've got next oh is it there we go but like 3D and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. I think that's another way that like again it's gimmicky and novelty and that sort of thing but Mm -hmm. if you use it in an immersive way that is subtle and Mm -hmm. isn't like too overwhelming and overbearing then I think that's a a really good way of um, furthering the medium Mm -hmm. as it is AR I think is a good one because it's like you'll still have everything in your game but maybe there'll be like something Oh, I just stroked the microphone, sorry. May there be like something like next to you or like coming out of the screen, which would be an interesting way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. My thing with VR, like, as I say, I got it for No Man's Sky because I'm insane, but I needed to play that game in VR. And I like the stuff that is the most immersive stuff possible where you can literally completely forget about the world around you, um, which freaks me out because I'm always like, someone could break into my house and be yeah. standing right next to me. But whatever. Um, something like No Man's Sky where it's a fully immersive survival game and you're trying to just survive on planets or jetting from place to place. Or Resident Evil 7 works really well too. Oh, boy. But it's like the way that um, VR kind of gets talked about is that, like, it's still kind of it's almost still in gimmick territory mm. even though sometimes when you get a really good VR game it, it does affect you in a way that no other game does because you are in full 3D space and for me playing like Super Hot was fantastic in VR as well oh mm. I still need to do that yeah I totally recommend that and it's like if you're looking at ways that the industry moved itself forward mm. VR is one of the only like fundamental ways yeah. that we can control something differently that we couldn't do before um, in terms of going forward though like um, I, I'm still yet to be like fully convinced that it's yeah. a mainstream thing well, I, would, I wouldn't invest in a VR mm. myself but mm. I'd I enjoy it around other people's houses and, uh, and doing all that sort of thing. Like, and I've, I've tried it out on proper games and everything and had proper go on it, but mm-hmm. I don't think I'd ever actually get one myself yet. Mm-hmm. But I feel like once the industry's grown that way a bit more, it's something that I would definitely be interested yeah, yeah, yeah. in. Whereas motion control, I'm just like, get lost. And <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think would bring you back, Rach? Because you've like you've kind of gone close, but not you're not like a hardcore VR person. Oh, just getting married and actually having free time. <laughs> will, 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 will Settling down with the VR. VR. Yeah, I've got a lot of games that are on the list. I really want to play that Falcon game. Oh, can, Falcon Age is great. Fist of bird, and you I'm do. totally there. For you it. can you can hold you hold your arm out, it lands on your arm, and you feed it stuff with <laughs> I your other hand. Oh my god! Other than just that little trailer. I will totally say that um, <laughs> if you want to play Falcon Age, if you like the idea of that, you can play it without VR. It was part of Sony's VR showcase, but you can totally play it without it. We're talking about um, me playing VR though. No, 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 totally. It works both ways. If you want to feed, you want to feed a little Falcon with your hands. You can. I do. It's a good time. Um, also, yeah, you mentioned augmented reality. I had down uh, Pokemon Go, Minecraft Earth, uh, Dragon Quest Walk, like mm. these games that are Pokemon Go is the biggest one by far. Did you play? 
play Pokemon Go with the AR on. No. Me it kind of made it worse with the AR on. Like, yeah. like I remember initially yeah. going, oh my God, there's match cops in the river. And yeah. Like, oh, there's a thing in the grass. But that's and, because you know. it had um, issues with battery life. It mm-hmm. would just... Drain the battery when mm-hmm. the AR was on, so everyone just needed to turn it off. True, and if you, but the thing is, like now they've obviously done a lot of Sony patches and like new content updates and whatever. It's too little, too late, mate. Oh no, it's not, <laughs> Rach. It's so good. And um, that game now, uh, that game's photo mode is brilliant. Mm. Like, oh, if you, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like because you you unleashed a Charizard in our I kitchen, did. and then it you was like flying about because <laughs> <laughs> it maps it to the proper size, and yeah. you're trying to get the angle on it and um, to take a photo. Um, I think they've done a lot with Pokemon Go mm. and things like that. Um, like I said, the photo mode is the thing that made me go like, oh man, there's so much more you can do with. Um, a game well an app knowing where what 3d space is like relative to you like you can place a pokemon down and walk away from it and take like a distant shot and it'll look like a pokemon's in space or whatever and then with the (laughs) minecraft one um you know you're you're digging into like the pavement Mm. quote unquote is this minecraft earth uh minecraft earth yeah yeah. and um that thing's like about to uh, uh, go into like full open beta but there's been early access to for it as well this has the potential to be huge Mm. and i've heard nothing about it oh yeah i think it's because they're waiting for it to be like like a full trailer and oh you can go play it now um and stuff like that but I like the idea of I like the idea of augmented reality yeah. more than virtual. I think it's easier to leap into. I, I like augmented reality. I really enjoy Pokemon Go. I like mm. games where you can have like a little thing. I mean, it's good for pictures. It's good for good, wholesome fun. Dance. Also, mm. you get great memes out of it, like with Kermit the Frog doing the dance. That's my favorite little augmented. You've been augmented doing that all morning. Game. I don't know what. Do you know what that is? I don't want to look uncool. So <laughs> it's Just it's, pretend it's all okay. Look, you can get Kermit and insert him into videos doing a dance, and it's like uh, it's like augmented uh, reality. It's, okay. It's it's like when you turn around and see Pikachu on your phone, it's right. like Kermit's there dancing. Because I had a, like um, on Snapchat, with, like stop doing the thing. <laughs> when um, with Pikachu on uh, Pokemon Go, I had like had him on my couch, and if yeah, yeah. I went and you like and you tap on him, he does like a little happy face. So mm. I did like a thumbs up, tapped it, happy face, took a photo, best photo I've ever taken. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's um, potential for AR to be a lot. The thing is though, like trying to blend AR stuff with console tech, like Nintendo Switch uh, mm. with like Pokemon Let's Go, they're one of the only games that integrated the two, where you could swap a Pokemon into your Pokemon Go account and then go and take it yeah. out with you. Um, you know. There are lots of like fan accounts that are like me and my best friend Pikachu, and it's them sitting in a, in a park with them or whatever. Yeah. Um, it kind of like if you if we were kids going through this now, I think well we'd actually be trying to live the Pokemon trainer life, yeah. taking our Pokemon out and about and then putting them back into games. Don't know you're talking about kids, man. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to get in the way, but I'm uh, doing it. no, um, yeah, Pokemon Go. I I feel like I had a lot of time on Pokemon Go, and mm. I'm ready for like the next thing. Yeah. Although they tried that with Harry Potter, and it was just yeah. Uh, uh, is that not because we're not Harry Potter nerds though? Maybe, maybe it's because. Pokemon's better. Even then, though, it is better. But um, sorry, Harry Potter But um, even Rich, though, the world's biggest Harry Potter fan, didn't didn't take to. I it. don't know. I, I the bit that I tried a bit was was dry. It yeah. was mm. dry. It wasn't that good. It's like a tutorial that lasts for about ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Everything takes so long in it. I think. Mm. Whereas with Pokemon Go, I feel like it's quite like yeah. uh, instantly it's immediate, gratifying. Yeah. yeah. Like you catch a Pokemon, that's it. It's a mm-hmm. new thing. You can walk around a bit more. I the Harry Potter one was like it's like a ten second like oh mm. I'm casting a spell. I did like the idea that um, certain like. Because I like the idea that um, a lot of augmented reality apps will scan, will use Google Maps data yeah. to, to pull in different landmarks and that tell you cool. where things are going to happen. And I like that, because um, in Pokemon Go, they have it where Team Rocket have taken over certain landmarks yeah. and you go and fight them and stuff. That's a really cool idea. Um, in Harry Potter, they had it so that like certain houses would take up different, you have to go and battle them. Yeah. And like, like my park down the street turned into like a battle between like Slytherin and Hufflepuff or whatever. Yeah. I had to go down and defend my uh, my team. Um, I like that stuff. Um, one of the next things down is just the difference between physical games and digital. I think this mm. generation, digital really took off. Mm. Um, but where, what do you guys tend to buy out of the two do you still stick with physical or 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I try to stick to physical as much as possible. I know it's a game that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll go out and buy it uh, or and then I'll do trade-ins and stuff. Like I'm a big fan of CEX and trade-ins. Traded in, yes. I love trade-ins. Um, <laughs> but if it's just something I'm like, oh, I want to play this right now then i'll download it which mm, is like yeah. the the odd occasion um mm-hmm. like so I, I'd, I'd say it's actually like 50 50 to be honest like, okay. then i feel like with the um advent of games pass my mm. my whole thing is shifted digital right. which i wasn't expecting like i didn't think i'd be a big digital person but... i used to always be like physical only i want a collection yeah. if i'm putting money into it i want a physical collection that i can see i don't just want tiles mm. on a screen um and i've changed in terms of the immediacy of it like i like being able to just click on a thing and download it yeah. but it clashes against the file sizes that you mentioned earlier um because if you just have the oh, that Oh, oh, I yeah. just want to play this thing. You're not going to for another two, yeah. three hours or, or like maybe later that day. Um, Rachel, is your spending habits changed? I'm the same. I mm. was like diehard physical. Mm. If you'd asked me the same question a year ago, I would have said, no, mm. I'd like only buy physical. Mm-hmm. But I have recently, everything has been digital. I yeah. guess I'm playing on my PC a lot more mm. these days and you don't get physical PCs. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. My brain is more sort of receptive after, you know, buying a good few digital PC games I'm like alright well I'll just get this from my Switch uh-huh. yeah. my, my Switch sort of becoming like a little indie machine has turned into that as well because most of those games don't have physical editions anyway yeah. like unless yeah. like a certain you know pu- uh, publisher will pay extra it is really good obviously because it means it's cheaper to manufacture games mm. um, but for some reason the digital ones are usually the same price if not more <laughs> yeah. um, and it is obviously you know I'll bring back my Mother Earth chat and it is obviously saving the planet right yeah so all these manufacturing all these game boxes and discs 
than that. You know, You're not wrong. Nice. And plus, I mean, if you check out that, I just watched the Atari documentary, Atari Game Over, about the landfill and how exactly. they have to bury millions of copies of uh, E.T. That's what I was going to say. It was so, on an E.T. Oh, conspiracy. Yeah. And it's just like, it's oh, real. it's not a conspiracy. It's totally it real. Conspiracy. It's not. It's not. It's conspiracy. They dig it up, Ash Milman. <laughs> it's a real thing. Um, but I guess how that sort of translates into going forward, um, we have all these different conversations around like uh, streaming services and digital ownership and like, you know, whether you would buy a movie on Amazon Prime knowing that you still have to be, you have to be subscribed to Amazon Prime to then access yeah. your digital collection. I think that this um, this generation, we've seen like, you know, EA is trying to do a streaming service called Project Atlas. Mm. Um, Microsoft's doing xCloud. Like there's a lot of that stuff. Um, where do you guys sit on that and the idea that like, you know, digital, like even ownership completely changes if you're suddenly just subscribed to a monthly service? There's too many. Mm. Mm. True. Yeah. Very, very true. You've like overwhelmed me there with all the different yeah. names. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, that was only like two up. of like 10 that's coming. I was like, coming. ah, what? Um, yeah, no, I think... Um, uh, oh yeah no I like digital as a concept like being able to own things but mm -hmm. the, the streaming thing kind of worries me slightly about like where you sit and how things work and what your what your stake yeah. in it is like Ugh. how much do you actually own it's pretty much a case of like you would have to pick one thing and stick to that one mm. thing mm -hmm. um, and that kind of scares me like obviously Xbox having Game Pass like that is Game Pass is for the Xbox yeah. yes PlayStation I suppose I think that's PlayStation one. now <laughs> was that good well it I didn't used know. to be it's way um, better now yeah and then PC obviously you Steam mm. and I suppose I forgot I don't know. Um, <laughs> but like, they're obviously, that's not streaming, so mm -hmm. that's irrelevant. But, but um, something like Google Stadia, <laughs> like there's, it's it's weird because Google oh, yeah, Stadia yeah. is like streaming only. You mm -hmm. can't buy any game off that. So I think for me, like the, the future, if, you're, if they're going to stick with this stuff, mm -hmm. is a hybrid of the two. It's like you can pay for a monthly thing. You can click on a game and it just works if your internet's strong enough. Um, but you can also you can also isolate a game and own it. But they, you need but to be able to download it onto a system, not to just a service. Games Pass though, isn't it? Kinda. Like It'd be like streaming version of Games Pass. Like adding streaming yeah. to it. Because yeah. Games Pass is great. Games Pass mm -hmm. is the future. That's wonderful. Like I love that. Uh, I only, uh, only We're definitely recently... not sponsored by Xbox, by the way. Just Game Pass is really good. Yeah, I, I am. I know I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> um, but no, uh, if you want to sponsor me, Xbox, like, I'll take it. But no, um, no. <laughs> the Games Pass is great. It's wonderful. I think that's a, the, a wonderful way of doing it, having all of these different titles that you can access instantly. Mm. If they made that into a streaming thing as well, I think that would be really good because then there's still the choice to buy them and have them on your Xbox as your own mm -hmm. thing. It solves um, the installation time as well. Like yeah, if, if, we yeah. just, if we get to a future where internet connections are stable enough yeah. and the infrastructure just there and you can just click on a game and play it mm. I, I like that the thing that put me off like when you had said oh PlayStation now that did used to be streaming only and it was mm. terrible um, because you, any remote lag you feel it as like mm. a gamer or someone like you're going to you're going to pick up on even split seconds of difference I've been reminded of a conversation I think we were all having yesterday and it Ooh. was how often do you replay a game right. what is the importance of actually owning a game owning mm. a digital license mm. is there as much of an importance on it these days there's so many games out there <laughs> and they're all so big and long and it's true it's it, like how often do you think when you're buying something I'm buying this for a life I'm going to replay well, that's, this that's you know what I mean like, like, yeah. see, you're, Ash you're playing Horizon at the minute yeah so you own that no no I'm borrowing it from Jules <laughs> but so, assuming that you would go through it once and you'd be done but yeah. you're happy yeah. borrowing it yeah, see yeah. this is perfect you're borrowing it because you know like this is fine I don't mm. need to own mm. this I'm going to play through it once and mm -hmm. then be done mm -hmm. so the thought of like um streaming services like as opposed to owning a digital ownership mm. it's maybe not as bad maybe ownership's overrated maybe I don't know if I'm there yeah. yet but I totally see the argument for it yeah. Um, yeah because like for the vast majority you do play through something once I think obviously our careers have a lot to do with it because we do yeah. want to just get through stuff and play it <sighs> but like it does reflect like a <laughs> no, wider it's hard <laughs> drowning in these games um, but also like obviously there's an industry reality to it where like so many games want to be a games as a service and they want you to only play them mm. for like years at a time um, you know like monthly DLC and different daily updates 
teammates and different goals and stuff. Um, I guess with that, that's another thing that sort of came out of this generation is mm -hmm. like, do you guys go back to any particular game like that much? Like, do you have any games as a service? No, I, if, if I go back to <laughs> Rage does, Rage does, if I go back to something, it's an old PS2 title that right. I can play through in 12 hours. Like right. that's about it. Like I'll miss go, short games. Yeah, I'll go and replay games that I know that I can get like, get through, if mm -hmm, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I, I love a short game that I can play again and get like the whole feeling and emotion from that again. A really long one, really don't go back to the right. like an open world game I'm just like yeah it was nice when I was well, there because like, <laughs> they I are so there. yeah they are so like ludicrously <laughs> long like I haven't gone back through all of Skyrim I've restarted mm. Skyrim a bunch but I've never got through the entire quest mm. again and um, Rachel what were you going to say you did a little face uh, Dark Souls. <laughs> um, actually, more recently for me, it has been Diablo 3. I realized, mm. like, I literally, every time there's a new season in that game, I get back into that game. I right. play it for another, like, 30, 40 hours. Because mm. like, they almost missed the trick season. not making Souls a uh, season game. Like, uh, I don't want that, but, like, you play it enough, or the fandom does, where if they did release, like, I don't know, new challenge maps or something, like what Bloodborne tried to do in terms of the underground <laughs> stuff. Because um, Diablo, like you said, has seasons. Rocket League has seasons. Like, a lot of these games have, like, reasons to come back more yeah, than just replaying the same uh, thing. Yeah, they have new challenges every season six months or mm -hmm. so um and just like a lot of my friends are playing at the minute and it's like we almost like get back into mm -hmm. it once a year and that's what um, they want you to that's the, so many publishers have jumped on that and then nearly every big game has like the the season the, the road map or the season pass yeah. or like, I don't whatever understand how it's how it's beneficial to blizzard like because they keep obviously putting work into diablo we've mm. already mm. bought it although the thing is though me saying to my friends oh, i'm playing diablo again has made all them buy diablo so yeah. of course they're then true i, I don't i haven't um, played diablo in a while but does that have any microtransaction type stuff like no, some, no, okay. not anymore. Obviously, Good. it did at launch, but um, it had the real-world auction house mind. I did, yeah. which it I kind of got um, rid of. Um, but I guess no. we can like touch on that stuff too. Like the obviously microtransactions, loot boxes—they really came to the fore yeah. in this generation. Um, going forward, like I don't think they'll go away. They make way too much money. Yeah, yeah. Um, but where you where you guys are on that stuff? What I, I don't know. They might go away because they're being banned. They're by being the legalized. Law. Yeah. yeah. If I think once they're in a, I think I think. I think loot boxes, if they get like turned into like um, daily treasure boxes, like that sort mm. of thing, where you can have like a free one and then you can open a, a limited amount a day that mm -hmm. you can purchase. I think that's a fine way of having them in. I don't like it. I don't yeah. think it's necessary. I don't think they should really the be in there. The fact that we've had to get to a stage where you need to put a cap on how many you can buy. Yeah. 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 Or legalize like the reality of, you know, because it is a gambling philosophy and mentality. Like you're spinning a wheel to see what you mm. get. And like, that's the thing that will get clamped down on. But I think the actual idea of recurrent spending mm. methods won't go away. They just <laughs> make too much money yeah. uh, I mean even I Mario Kart 2 made a million dollars in 24 hours oh my god it's just, <laughs> um, which apparently is uh, that was actually like nothing compared to I think Pokemon Go made like 80 million and it's mm. just like yeah, see Pokemon yeah. wasn't random that was the thing you mm. knew what you were buying you were buying something and you, you were getting it mm -hmm. like you wanted balls you got balls oh, so you guys have bought Pokemon balls I know you have oh yeah so many yeah. too many <laughs> well, so, okay, and incubators so, and also honestly I used to get like the packs so, right. like, I was a bit hooked on the, the Pokemon thing mm -hmm. and then I had to Do you like, like the gift boxes that had loads of different stuff in them oh that's a loot box <laughs> Right. Box. No, but you knew no. what was in it. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's the difference. That's the thing. Like going forward, do you think that the difference will be that they just spell out what you're mm. going to get? Oh, and absolutely. Is that the solution to oh, it? Oh, maybe. I don't, oh, I don't know. See, I play a lot of um, this Kingdom Hearts game on mobile and I love it so, so much. <laughs> and I don't actually spend that much money on it, but now and then I do because they work on it tons. Mm. Like okay. there are people who are employed to make content for this game. Mm -hmm. So I don't mind every few months giving them a tenner. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's just, you know what? If you count up how much money I've spent on this game, it's more than I spent on Kingdom Hearts 3. Right. Put it that way. But the thing is, I just like... 
I just like supporting people who well, are think, making a game that I really like. Yeah, I think it makes. I think it, this is where I can get on board with it in terms of a recurrent spending method because yeah. gaming is different to movies and TV and whatever. Um, maybe I guess less so TV in terms of something rolling out over time. But like, if there are employees and you know putting stuff out and you know supporting a game and supporting a fandom, mm -hmm. I don't have a problem putting money into that conversation. Like, I'm happy for that to keep going yeah. forward. Um, it's the randomization side yes. of it that always so annoys me. <laughs> that's that's the other thing. Yeah, like this game is it's got sort of like blind boxes in it. Rage. I love it though. It's so about this. It's so exciting though when oh, I get no, a real not. one and it's really shiny and it's really Surprise good. That's mechanics. how they get you. That's how they get you. you. Ash, they got me. <laughs> what, what is more rewarding though, seeing the lovely shiny rare thing at like the top of like the expense pile where you have to earn all of your experience points to spend them and get it and you've right. done that yourself in the game you've oh. got all, and you've built yourself up and you're all these levels high and you can finally get the rare <laughs> shiny and own it and know that it is yours or just getting it for free just because you buy a tenner for it. Well, that's the, not free. It's a tenner. As you say, the industry would say for paying free. the money. Apparently, I mean, free, free experience-wise, for I free. Yes. The time and effort is free. The yeah. thing, that you, the thing is though that um, this is a separate thing. So I'm going to go into genres from this generation. But that justification is totally mm. what you need to get into the Soul series or the Sekiro and earning it and getting there and overcoming the challenge. Yeah, but when it's just the Milner's. basic gameplay to get through, I thought, this is feels well, good I, when you get there. Like, right, I like a ba to talk about Souls very briefly. I like yes. a basic gameplay that you can is accessible, you can enjoy. There's different levels to it, and then a really high one that you can also try and get to right. as well if you have the panache to do so. <laughs> God of War did it perfectly because you had the whole world that you could do all the open mm. world exploring and then there was the Valkyries which was the Dark Souls version of that and I was investing that and did that because right. I was like, hey, I can access all of this game and really enjoy it and then also have the really tough grind bit as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There we go, all my points. As They're opposed done. to starting on the top of a mountain and then yeah. trying to make it even higher. Yeah, just, or just literally just across the mountain. Like it's mm -hmm. not even it's not even getting higher. It's just all one grindy level mm -hmm. with the snow hitting you in your eyes and all sorts. So I guess um, to round off the monetization thing, I guess like the amount of money that's made through recurrent spending methods mm. and all that, it is an astronomical amount of money. Mm. Um, and they just it just people seem to like it. Whatever yeah. you know, it, I think it is just the randomization thing that I think will mm. go away through legality. Yes. Um, just because it is obviously a gambling mentality. Oh, it's bad. I agree it's bad. I enjoy it and I still know it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do really think though games that have the option to um, either spend time or money, mm. um, that is... I mean, it's good giving people the choice, but mm. when you don't have a choice, like a lot of mobile games, mm -hmm. um, it's a problem. I think it's weird. This is a way wider conversation, but I think it's weird that they, they, they like the companies, the developers, the publishers are the ones saying, we're going to give you a 200 hour game. Oh, but you can pay to make it shorter. And it's like, well, you imposed that in the first yeah. place. We didn't ask you for this labyrinthine over the top bloated thing yeah. that we then have to pay to make it palatable. Um, that stuff annoys me, but that's kind of like a separate thing. Um, in terms of um, genres, I was going to just run down some genres that have emerged sort of mm -hmm. this generation. There's not that many, um, mainly because at this stage in gaming, the vast majority of yeah. genres are quite solid. Nothing's um, original these days, is it? Hardly anything, unless you want to wee on some mushrooms and do a Death Stranding, because that's apparently going to be a strand game if you want a new thing. So <laughs> give it some time. Um, but in terms of stuff that we got from this generation, um, I highlighted Walking Sims, because um, although Gone yeah. Home so, and Amnesia sort of set the ball rolling, um, loads of um, first-person exploration games came out at the start of this generation. Mm -hmm. um, what did you guys think of those? Because they sort em. of petered out a bit. I love them too. Love em. Um, do you want more going forward? Yeah, I like a good Walking good. Sim. I like a good walk. I like mm. an enjoyable little roam and finding <laughs> some stuff. Um, sometimes in a world where you're playing tons of Dark Souls and Sekiro and stuff like that, you just need a good gone home. Mm. You need a good Abzu. Mm. Have you played Abzu? Oh, I wouldn't say Abzu is a walking sim, Ray. It's a swimming sim. It game. is a swimming sim. It's so lush. <laughs> if you play that on Pro, it generates more squids. It puts more stuff in the background. 
If you want more schools of fish, you played on the pro. I'm just letting you know. Worth it's, the it's good. Um, uh, yeah, yeah I, I like gravitate a lot to the genre because I mm-hmm. think it's one of the only ways to do like a just a very straightforward thing. RT like, games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it never really got like a, a label. Like it was just kind of oh a walking sim, but that always felt a little bit derivative. Yeah. Um, or a little bit sort of like it slightly really ins- dumb, right? Yeah, or like slightly insulting, but it's like kind of what we refer to them as. Whenever yeah. we say walking sim, I always think like uh, like you know like goat simulator. I always think it's like walk simulator. Like I, I'm always Actually, like Goose ah. Games kind of a walking sim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a honking it. sim. It's a waddle sim, but it's a good time. Um, next thing down is the the whole Souls influence, which we don't have a defined name for that genre. Souls but it's just like Souls like, or yeah. um, you know, even just like Souls games. Um, but there's so many, like the Surge um, Code Vein just came mm. out. Um, there are identifiable elements oh, in that so genre. Code, yeah, so is the Surge too. Um, but <laughs> what do you guys think of that? I think that's the other than the next one. I'm going to say I think the Souls genre, the Souls series, is the biggest new thing this generation. I, I think I think I think right this is goes against everything I've just said because I, she I think it's a good thing I think it's a good thing that we have this as um, as a new genre and so many people can engage with mm-hmm. and it offers lots of things that don't appeal to me but it appeals to a lot of other gamers and it's great for that mm-hmm. and also I really like it because it means that people react to it and make nice easy <laughs> like <laughs> walking easy sim things game. yeah no you get you, you see people yin who, and yang exactly people you get the hard hard horrible stuff of mm. the souls games and you get horrible. people react well, I find it I find Grueling, it arduous. Um, and then you get the people reacting to it with uh, nicer games, indie games, smaller mm. games that um, that are just like little bite-sized things mm-hmm. around it, like these big releases that are really tough and mm-hmm. take up loads of time. And I like picking up all the little crumbs around the edges rather than the, the big one in the middle. <laughs> Stop <laughs> be, being so hacking cute. <laughs> to be fair, the um, all the stuff that the Souls DM sort of like set forward, like the control schemes, the way that the enemies are laid out, the yeah. sort of level of challenge or whatever, nearly every third-person action game plays like that now, mm. um, even to the point where something like Ubisoft's For Honor is mm. kind of like that. Um, the was what I was going to say that was a big main... Assassin's Creed, um, yeah. you know, borrowed yeah, the same control Origins, mechanics. Yeah. And like those ones are easier versions of that gameplay yeah. loop. Um, so like, I, th- I think that's become like one of the most influential things. Oh yeah, Rage, no, though, absolutely. Rage though, your life. Everyone, yeah. Dark Souls did change my life. Nope, and I'm nope. not just saying this because I made a video about it on What Culture Gaming out. last year. Um, it did. It's it's completely changed how I, view, how I view video gaming. And there's nothing that I can't do. And that feeling is incredible to have mm. that. Like it's something that you can translate into real life as well. Like, mm-hmm. I feel that way in real life. There's nothing I can't do. I was, yeah, I think of it in terms of like, like it's weird because it's that thing of like if Rocky getting up the stairs, it's like, it's that. It's like <laughs> if you can get through a Souls game, like yeah. if there's any other thing that comes up in front of you, most of the time you've had to steal yourself to get through a Souls game that you can kind of get through. Yeah. It is weird because it's just a game, but yeah. it does translate over because you do have to sort of like fight your own mentality to get yeah. through it. Yeah, it's a mindset. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, I respect it. I big, I big respect it. Not for mm-hmm. me, but I respect totally, it. Totally, yeah, yeah. And it's oh, like, I absolutely know I take it way too seriously. It's not <laughs> You're a Souls fan. It's what we do. Um, but I guess off the top of our heads, or like our collective heads, me and you, Rage, what is the easiest Souls game? Because like, if you were going to just give... Lords of the Fallen. Maybe Lords of the Fallen. Yeah, yeah the Surge is pretty easy, actually. Uh, Code Vein is um, easy in the way that it's a co-op game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's... No, Lords of the Fallen was very easy. Mm-hmm. I, or maybe I was just good... Hey, <laughs> definitely a Souls there fan. There she is. Um, actually, uh, you mentioned God of War. The control mm. scheme for that is is very much Souls for the yeah, new one. Yeah. Um, and it's like, and it, obviously over this generation, the term you know Souls Light or whatever is yeah. kind of overused. Um, the thing is, but, though, I can hear a game. I, someone can tell me, "Oh, have you heard of the bit, but it's new mm. game Blasphemous?" It's a bit like Dark Souls. I'm like, say no more. Yeah. <laughs> say no more. That's I bought thing. it right so now. The, the influence of Dark Souls, like you can see to someone it's a souls like or oh it's like dark souls and they'll know instantly mm. if they're gonna like it or not mm-hmm. there's not many genres you mm. can say that because you could say oh it's an rpg and you go tell me more yeah, yeah. you can say oh it's a platformer 
and yeah mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. especially in, like in third person stuff. i think you guys mentioned like metroidvania emerging as a genre and yep. that was obviously based on metroid and castlevania yeah, castlevania. yeah. so like uh, those being and th- knowing that if you like those two games or not and that being a divisive thing and souls coming around as a souls like I, yeah. I think it's a, a good to draw the comparison i think there's like those. more refinement to come but like yeah when people say something is a metroidvania it means the item based progression or like mm. you need a certain ability before you can get through this yeah. defined level gate or whatever um souls likes tend to be more like like brutally hard difficulty yeah, yeah. or like a certain control scheme um but i think going forward that'll only become its own genre it's yeah. been such a massive thing just that they both have like their own born from actual games names mm. and then you know if you like those games or not like divisive totally. like i feel like a metroidvania people either like or don't like mm-hmm, them as mm-hmm. well um let's end on the lovely thing that is battle royale Woo! Did we, oh, did we like, oh my was... god how did we leave this for last <laughs> the, the defining feature of this the thing generation is, let's be honest well i don't know right because it feels like it is but even Call of Duty has had one and dropped it since they did it. Like Black Ops mm. 4 had it on the um, on their blackout mode, and then the new Modern Warfare isn't getting a battle royale mode. So mm. it's a rise and fall thing. I think but it's a that Fortnite rise, thing. though. Mm. Oh my god! Like, that you rise can't was deny, insane. Like how everywhere battle royale was for a time. I feel like it is on the way down now, mm-hmm. especially like in 2019. But I feel like 2017, 2018, it was just everywhere. Yeah, it feels like how um, Overwatch was sort of like the defining hero shooter, and then a lot of other um, game devs try to do hero-based mechanics. Like Rainbow Six has the operation. Mm. and um, Call of Duty has its individuals and stuff but like for if you're going to talk about hero shooters Overwatch is way up and above oh, yeah. everything else um, and same in, in Battle Royale like if people talk about Battle Royale they're nearly mm. always talking about Fortnite um, or PUBG it's like the two sides of that coin um, what did you guys think of the genre overall though because for me I ended up just thinking it was it's more of a mode than its own genre Ooh, I agree I think that it's nice that it exists again it's mm. nice that it exists for people who enjoy it like uh, Fortnite being around and um, the other one what was the other one was it, uh, the, PUBG the, PUBG, PUBG that's yeah, it oh my god I was going <laughs> Battlefield, I got really lost for a moment. Uh, but yeah, PUBG and Fortnite existing for people who really enjoy that type of gameplay mm-hmm. and who just want to thrive on co-op stuff. I feel like it's the same as um, the FIFAs and the sports right. games of yes. the world. Like it very much slots into that sort of gaming category where people mm-hmm. who play COD Online or that sort of thing. Like it's it, it very much suits them and I'm glad it exists for them, but I don't want any more of it now. Please, I've had <laughs> enough. Like There's enough things in development where I think we'll still get the residual effects of Fortnite being so mm-hmm. huge. But at the same time, like, like I said, for me Call of Duty not including it again was mm. pretty indicative of the yeah. maybe yeah. they just didn't have that much success in Blackout yeah. um, but you played Battle Royale right? No not at all you know, I, I you played any of them? Can he stand it? I played oh. Fortnite once I played PUBG twice um, <laughs> it's do you know what something like Apex Legends coming along and sort of mm. changing the way that it mm. works I feel like Battle Royale as a genre is really good, like Ash is saying, for the people that love them. Yeah. But those people are not me. It's more than fair. I think my thing with um, Battle Royale, I sort of snarkily put this on Twitter, that they are the real walking simulators. Because for the most part, you're just going from encounter. They're so boring. Oh. Yeah, it's like, like half an hour to eat and do something again. But I also know that there's an incredibly intense reality to playing those games too. Yeah. And it can work. It's kind of like a mix of survival mechanics and whatever. I think for esports, great. And I also think for getting mm. people into gaming who it's very light and short and just a quick game. Like if you, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, then you don't. But also, so like you can have a little sample of that and then grow into maybe trying mm-hmm. another game that you not really haven't thought about before you know what I mean I feel like it popularizes gaming and makes it cool yes. it makes it accessible to wider audiences so it's good that it's there but I feel like it's done its job I now. think going forward it'll be a mode yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah that's a very good point like Fortnite probably Fortnite and obviously Minecraft and stuff like that mm-hmm. single-handedly probably got a lot of younger audiences mm-hmm. into yeah, gaming totally. yeah which helps make gaming more mainstream kind of helps which going helps forward. make it more money which helps littler games get, get all yeah, your loot boxes they're everywhere loot boxes boxes i guess yeah it's good but yeah let us know what you think down in the comments below of the upcoming generation and the generation that was the xbox 
One on the PS4. <laughs> I was like, 360? It's not that thing. Um, but yes, for now, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast, and I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ash Millman. Goodbye. And Rachel Shackleton. I will see you when I'm married. She will. I will catch you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.